0: Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm so excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we discuss photography, building a business, and still having a life through it all. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. And now, let's dive into conversation. Alright, we're live officially, uh, or as live as we can be as we're recording into a, a microphone and, a, and an audio recorder, <laughs> but I'm here with my friend Matt Grazier, and we are here at the Inspire Photo Conference, mm-hmm. February 2017, and I'm, we were just chatting about the conference itself, but I've, it's a privilege to be here, to be part of something that you and your wife created, how many years ago now? This is our eighth season. Eighth season. Yeah. That is so obviously community driven. Yeah. Uh, So I want to get into that here in just a second. But tell us just a little bit about or us, I say us, the the listeners of the Boca
1: podcast, a little bit about who you and your wife are and what you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, Anna and I, uh, you know, we met in college, in art school, literally in photo class. Um, One of our first dates was she came to second shoot a wedding with me. Okay. Which was kind of funny. Yeah, and uh, but that had to give kind of interesting insight into the potential of the relationship. Too, it really working did. together. It yeah. really did, and uh, and then you know from there we you know she I had to like sell hard on her getting her to con- convince her to move to Boston with me. Okay, because we had only been dating for a couple of months when I was moving. Wow. So I sold her on that, fortunately, and we moved to Boston, and I finished my schooling, and we uh, started the studio r- right when I finished school. And uh, it's just been, um, you know, a very uh, idealistic driven journey for us on lifestyle. And what is that ideal? What, what is the ideal that drives the you? The ideal is to really um, work on our own terms. Okay. You know, we want to be creative and we want to have a, uh, a home where we work. You know, we, we don't want to be in a lifestyle where we're commuting to a job. Sure. And working for somebody that's not... You know that that doesn't care about us as people, if right. you will. Just you know, working for somebody who's on the bottom line. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and the, the simple idea of creating kind of an overlying mission, almost, uh, yeah. or what I refer to as a big picture view. I was I was chatting with a few photographers during the mentoring sessions last night, and we were talking about this idea of establishing a big picture view. It drives what you do, and your kind of big picture view, if you will, is this this notion of creating a business. That enables you to work on your own terms, and I think that's one of the primary benefits of yeah. running your own business. Or it can be. The problem is, a lot of times photographers get lost in the kind of the minutia, the busy work of just trying to keep up, You're, without having that that overlying goal in mind. So I think that's really powerful.
1: Yeah, and you know, actually, the last time you and I saw each other was at PartnerCon, two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Wow. Okay. All right. Was the last time we saw each other. Yeah. And when I was there, Anna and I did a presentation with John and Kim Sanderson from Mm -hmm. Lancaster. Yeah. And the presentation was on um, being married and working together. Yes. And working from home. Yes. And during the talk, I actually had the revelation that I never thought about before was that I'm kind of living out the same lifestyle my parents lived. And subconsciously, I think I kind of built that lifestyle without even planning for it. Okay. You know, I just, it just kind of organically happened because in the back of my mind that's what I wanted. And by that I mean I work with my spouse. Right. And we work from home. Okay. And uh and we and like you said earlier, we just kinda set our own terms. My parents are just like that. They What type of business do they run? Well my father's a run? chiropractor. Oh okay. And my mom manages his office and is the X ray technician.
0: Wow. And how many years have they been doing that?
1: Oh um fifty. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. About fifty years. Okay. now. Yeah. So uh, a little under that it's probably maybe forty eight forty nine um but uh yeah they've been they've been at it for a long time in their in their original office still with our house above it
0: that's amazing yeah. did, did they ever speak to i don't know two or three principles that have enabled them to to have this kind of success over a long term <laughs>
1: <laughs> or have you been able to see what drives that i uh, yeah patience okay, patience mm-hmm. seriously uh, my mom and my dad are two of the most patient people you'd ever meet and i really think that's their key okay they just when things go bad they stop step back and take a breath okay and look at it from a distance and then go back in and tackle it
0: and would you say the patience is shown both in the way that they engage with their business and clients as well as with each other or where does it stand out oh it's it's universal
1: everywhere everywhere yeah and they're very uh you know, they they were also very community driven people. Hmm. So, um, you know, I grew up coming home from school and my dad on Thursdays, all the chiropractors would take the day off okay. in our town. Okay. Uh, but they would all come over to my dad's office and hang out and talk about how to help each other. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they wouldn't compete. Right. They would help each other, and one of them would go on vacation. They'd all pick up the patients, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't steal patients. They'd all come back to the other office. You know what I mean? That's fascinating. And they would do things to help each other out. So it's, so that, you know. And is that, is that the norm for that particular industry, or
0: is it normally pretty competitive? I, I honestly
1: don't know. Okay. I mean, uh, I don't know. Every chiropractor I've ever met has been friends with my father, if you know, that I've met in an intimate setting. Yeah. And that's been and I've met them throughout the entire country and they're always the same style type of personality. But of course, you're going to hang out with people that have similar personalities as yourself. Sure. Sure. So I can't really judge on that chiropractic community in general, just the people he surrounds himself with.
0: But that's fascinating because now you've been a part of creating you and it started Inspire how many years ago? This is our eighth this year. This is the eighth year. Yeah. So you had not only had this example in your parents of business owners who yeah. created a life for themselves, a business that enabled them to work under their own terms. I love that. Yeah. how You sum that up. But you also had an example about somebody who prioritized community, which is a great segue related really to talking about what what inspire it seems to be all about. Right. I mean, there's an incredible opportunity for photographers to come and learn. Yeah. A variety of classes, a variety of topics. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that by the way isn 't really centered around kind of the so called celebrities uh, right. in the industry it 's more about the education, the value of the education, and the yeah. connection um, there 's certainly opportunity for vendors such as myself and photographers' edit to come in and be able to share our services with the attendees, but ultimately, everything seemed very much geared toward community, yeah. So you had this wonderful example in your parents. Talk about how that translated then to creating Inspire,
1: and what was the inspiration behind yeah, Inspire yeah. Retreat? Um, well, when Anna and I started our photo studio, one of the big keys for Anna convincing me to be a full-time wedding photographer was the discovery of Pictage. Yes, because and you and
0: I are both uh, we members of Pictage back in the day. We're, yeah. we're
1: alumni. Um, and uh, what I loved about Pictage was the simplicity the availability of people to buy images prints online yes and that just simplified the whole because i didn't want to open up the traditional wedding studio and film right you know and we were shooting film at the time and uh so up until the discovery of pictage being a wedding photographer was very much just a couple a year for people that i knew or word of mouth for somebody and then as soon as pictage came out we were in and then And then Pictage had the pugs, you know, the monthly meetups. Yes. And uh, uh, there's this, Pamela Price was the pug leader in the Boston area, Mm -hmm. and she was wonderful. And we'd go to her pugs at her house, and she was a great guest, I mean, a great host. And uh, she called us up one day and said, I'm stepping down from the pug Ah, leader. I don't, I just have too much on my plate. All right. And she asked us if we take it over, and we said sure. Really? Okay. Yeah. So and I was a pug
0: leader as well, so we had that in
1: common. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So Anna and I were pug leaders for, I don't know, eight or so years. Wow. And that was kind of the start in us building community in Boston. So we had a really great pug. Um, Lens pro to go hosted it. Paul okay. has always been a part of the, a key part of the foundation of the Boston community. And I had a and chance without to him. it doesn't exist.
0: And I had a chance to meet him really, really great guy. And amazing a, a, guy, a very committed to the inspire yeah. conference as well. It sounds like he'd been here most,
1: if not all the years that you guys He's have been, been doing very it. loyal. Yeah. Good friend. Yeah. Um, very supportive. And, uh, but you know, the community in Boston was one of those interesting communities where you had key players where if one of them stepped out, You'd, you'd almost feel like the community would collapse. We needed everybody mm. in the leadership role, mm. you know, and the, you're talking about probably like eight key people okay. that really held it all together. Okay. And they're still involved today, but in different ways. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, so from that we were going, so we became the pug leaders and then we were going to conferences, we'd go to WPPI, we'd go to partner con and we, on a flight home, Anna and I were just talking about what we liked and disliked of all the different conferences. Okay. And then we took out a piece of paper and Anna just started cherry picking. Like, okay, if I could build my dream conference, yeah. I would want this, I'd want this, I'd want this, I'd want this. I love it. And I was just like, all right, that's cool. And then when you you know, every Saturday morning we get in the car and we drive to a wedding. And Anna and I don't shoot local weddings. So, most of our weddings involve like a at least a two hour one one way trip to the wedding, okay with a hotel room or something for the night, sure, so we get a lot of time to talk and dream while we're driving, and uh, she wouldn't shut up about this conference dream that she had. She just wouldn't stop talking about okay. it, and it just kept like going and going, and that's how Anna is. She gets something in her head, and she can't let it go yeah. and you have to you have to let her make it happen, hmm. you know. So that's, so one day in the car, I just said, listen, we're either going to do this or you're going to shut up about it. (laughs) I mean, I literally, I think that was the exact quote. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, she just looked at me and she's like, well, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Like what do we got to lose? Wow. So from that, that week we sent out an email. Um, Paul at lens pro hosted a little meeting. It was about 10 photographers, all the key members of the community. And, uh, We, you know, people like Carla and whatnot, they all drove up from Connecticut Mm -hmm. and we sat down in a circle and Anna and I pitched them Inspire. And I kid you not, 12 weeks later, we had Inspire. Wow. With 90 photographers attending. Wow. It was insane. 12 weeks. (laughs) 12 weeks. (laughs) Most conferences
0: are planning a year in advance, right? You know, it was just
1: one of those things where Anna and I just said, you know, if we're going to do it, we're just going to do it. Hmm. We're not going to mess around. We didn't have any, like anybody who was speaking on a national level really sure um the one exception to that was melissa guionis okay she yeah. came and spoke which was phenomenal yeah. she was a boston photographer and she's a sweetheart and she came in and chipped, she was all in supporting us and that's great yeah it was great uh, But besides that, it was really a lot of trust from the community to come in and listen to these speakers that they really didn't know that well. Hmm. They didn't hear much about them. These weren't photographers who were putting themselves out on the speaking circuit. These were just very experienced photographers who had great information to share and were willing to share it. I love it. And the community bought into that. Yes. And, uh, And that is still the core of Inspire. We're not... You know, I say we, I'm not in the board anymore. It's Anna, Mark, and Eric. So when they're looking for speakers, their number one priorities are two things. One, how well do they know what they want to teach? And two, are they willing to just come and give it all? Like, you know, be part of the community for those three days minimum. Yeah. You know, and if we're lucky enough, they're part of that community for the entire year afterwards.
0: So. And, and I think, so you meant the, the first uh, requirement that you mentioned was knowing their topic. It's funny how many photographers, talented photographers, that we have in the indus- industry who are presenting, speaking, but don't necessarily know the topic well enough to communicate it. Or maybe communication is just not a strength of theirs. Sure. And so it's tough to sit and listen. So that is an absolutely vital requirement for it a speaker. Really is. Is. Not only do they know their topic well, but that they know how to present the information effectively. Yeah. But but then the fact that, that you ask the photographers to be involved, that their so-called uh, celebrity that you see in our industry sometimes doesn't get in the way of connection with people, relationships with people. Being on their level with them and engaging in that community, I think that's so absolutely important. And I have yeah. to say, again, that, that was the vibe that I got being here. I mean, this is my first time at Inspire. Yeah. Um, certainly, as a sponsor, but also just as a, an attendee in general yeah. and community I mean it just it used, community rang through the whole conference and and is really, really powerful so i can 't say enough about that. Kudos to you guys for creating something that's that 's that, that Thank powerful you. It's cool but I would also i mean for those listening who are looking for a conference to go to and need a break from the kind of commercially driven celebrity driven conferences that you see sometimes. This is an incredible opportunity. And you guys already announced the dates for this next year It's February twenty sixth to twenty eight, is that correct. right? Yeah. For two thousand eighteen.
1: Yep. In Newburyport. Which is by the way, we're New literally Park.
0: on an island. <laughs> I'm looking out my the window of my bedroom and I saw a lighthouse. I mean that's that's the kind of beautiful location that yeah, we're it's in. Great. So it's absolutely it's great. amazing. Can't yeah. recommend enough. So yeah. thank you again for hosting that. Now, just to get back a little bit to your photography business, yeah. wedding photography is your brand, correct? That's, that is what you get. That's my do. specialty. And we had a conversation, I think it was yesterday, um, you started talking a little bit about the fact that you used to be more involved in, I guess, even further destinations. Destination yeah. wedding photography oh, yeah. was an even bigger deal for your business that was driving some pretty significant revenue. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that you said yesterday that, um, I don't know, really caught my attention because it's certainly important to me yeah. um, as, a, as a father of two And then um, creating and and focusing on a brand, whether photographers edit, that is ultimately about freeing up photographers to spend more time with the important relationships in your life. Right. You said you hit a kind of a turning point where you realize this business... Focused on destination wedding photography wedding photography and and being able to go to these beautiful locations and and photograph some incredible events, it was interfering with family life
1: that's yeah
0: so talk to me a little bit about that. share with the listeners kind of what that was like to go through that
1: realization and what changes you made yeah we, uh, we had uh, um, lucked out by fortune on having one of our favorite planners refer us to this couple who was getting married at this gorgeous venue down in the Caribbean that was really starting to go after the wedding market. Okay. The new ownership of the venue, he saw where the money was. He wanted to bring in weddings. Yeah. And uh, we were one of the first weddings there after the remodel with new ownership. And, uh, And because of that... We started getting a lot of weddings there, and then we started getting a lot of weddings elsewhere. We, you know, we were going to Mexico, we were going to the Virgin Islands, we were wow. going, you know, we went as far as uh, Mauritius, which is off like 600 miles off the southern tip of South Africa. Oh wow! Yeah, i, mean, I never heard of it before. I mean, I hadn't either. When I got the <laughs> inquiry, I was like, Mauritius, where the hell? You know, I had to look it up, and I was yep. like, this can't be real. <laughs> and uh, it was this really awesome um, two lawyers from New York. Who loved to travel and play golf, and they had a great golf course at the Four Seasons there, and and uh, they found us just on internet search, and brought us down, and it was awesome. But uh, you know, right around that time, um, that was kind of the peak of our destination uh, career, if you will, international destination. Okay. Um, that winter, I was gone a lot. And then it was gone with me a lot. There were a few weddings I shot without her, mm-hmm. but almost all of them she was with me. Okay, And, uh, you know, her her mom is a sweetheart, and she would come and stay with the boys while we were gone. And uh, what happened was we came home, and our older son, Ollie, who was young at the time, um, started having a really bad attitude. Mm. I mean, and, it, and not being mean to other people, but just to myself okay. and Anna in the sense of, who are you to tell me what to do? Interesting. And I don't think he realized it. And he was a mm-hmm. long way from being a teenager. Um, but he had that attitude of, you know, like, I don't want to go to bed right now and you can't make me. I don't want to eat my dinner and you can't make me. And there were a lot of tears from him, a lot mm. of fighting. And Anna and then I got talking about it and I said, we're the problem. Mm. Number one, I was like, think about it. We just spent four months flying all over the world, coming home for a couple of days, and then packing up and going again. Wow. And that was how that winter went for us. And I said, you know, the kid just feels neglected, and he doesn't even know that, but he's just mad at us. Right, right. You know? And I said, this just isn't worth it. Hmm. You know, we we sat down, we talked about it, and we decided to change our marketing. And we said, you know what, we're going to take a lot of emphasis off the travel okay and just put it back into the local region yes and if we pick up one one destination wedding a year that's cool right um but we decided we'd rather just spend time with our kids more and just be gone one maybe two days a week on the weekends through the summer um but still be home five days a week for them and it was a it was a lesson and one that i'm very glad we caught on to early you know um and how did you
0: see how did you see that affect your family? I mean, did you see an immediate result? Did it take a oh, little yeah. bit of time?
1: No, no, no. It was pretty immediate. As soon as we stopped traveling a lot, we, we kind of you know, the summer was like every other summer where we we were home, if you will, five days a week with the boys and sure. gone on the weekend shooting. Um, but then when the next winter came and this is the key, when school started up again and we had to get back in routine of homework and dinner on time and all of that, I, I was very, um, being very observant Hmm. of it and to make sure that Ollie was being happy and he was, it was great. Everything, you know, he immediately just, um, you know, it was nice. So it was just a, you know, back to seeing the kid being happy. So but yet again, this is a great example of how you
0: – there's a big idea driving the direction of your business, right? Yeah. Rather than you kind of functioning haphazardly, now the priority is my family, yeah. You know, connection with my family, time for my family, and that drove what you did. How did you change – just so – some of the photographers listening in, they may be kind of curious, how do we make that transition in our marketing message? Mm. How did you make that change for yourself? Was it on the website? It communication with local vendors or how did that work?
1: Yeah, it it wasn't too drastic. Okay. Um, The networking with the local wedding planners was key. Okay. Um, I prefer to network with wedding planners than venues. Yes. Um, More because I love shooting at different locations as often as I can. I find that exciting. I find it cool. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know where you're going to end up. And uh, so we love working with event planners that also kind of have that same, you know, mentality of, like, let's do something exciting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, they could know the ballroom downtown inside and out and book a wedding there every weekend and be, you know, whatever. I love the event planners who are like, oh, that'll be really difficult to do. Let's make it happen. You know, and they'll awesome. put a tent yeah. up in a crazy place or mm-hmm. something, you know, or mm-hmm. build a deck out in the field so they can put a tent out there. I mean, just awesome stuff. And I love that. So, uh, and so, I think yeah. it's really
0: important, too, that the wedding coordinator, I know I found when I was in wedding photography myself, that the wedding coordinator is, that's kind of where it all starts in, yeah. many, in many cases. Yeah. And the cool thing is, even if you decide to change your price point, for example, yeah. as you change your price point, you go from, let's say, 3000 to 4000 or four thousand five, whatever the case may be. If you're simply reliant on word-of-mouth referral from previous clients who may not m- may no longer be in that that market segment or income bracket, yeah. you can't rely on referrals from those clients. Um, it's you've got this wedding coordinator who is quite aware of what your brand, where your brand is, what it stands for, the price point, and they can refer accordingly, which is really exactly. really powerful. Exactly,
1: it's so true. And you know what I really love about working with the event planners are that every almost you know, every year they always ask me for my updated price list because they expect your prices to go up. And I love that. I love that about my, the planners we work with. You that's know? wonderful. And well, they're there to, they encourage it. If you will, they're like, yeah, you awesome. know, we should all be doing well. Sure. And instead of being the type of event planner, who's like, will you give my client a discount? No, as soon as they do that, I want to work with them again because I'm just like, no, I got a family to support. I'm not a wealthy person. Well, and and the fact that they're
0: enabling you to grow your business in that way is really powerful. I know that we worked with a coordinator who would literally come to our office and sit. Yeah. Right here in mean, in our office, I didn't have to say a thing. Yeah. She was so excited about our business and promoting our business yeah. that she would do the selling for me. Yeah. And and they'd book and and on we'd go. Yeah. Uh, but those kinds of relationships are really powerful and focusing our effort and time. It's easy to get distracted by a lot of busy work again, running a photography business. There's so many yeah. different moving parts, but focusing much of our effort on those relationships that drive business, such a valuable move. So that's yeah. that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Just to kind of close out this this focus that you've put out or the conversation about the focus that you put out, uh, put on connection with family. What does a, a week look like for you guys? How do you prioritize
1: family and balance that with, with work? Yeah, Well, we always, I mean, for us, we always try to find adventure time. And it's not something we do a lot of. Okay. But we try to like, you know, three or four good adventures a year. And by that, I mean like packing up the car, hitting the road going someplace and seeing something, you know, whether it's a road trip down to DC okay. or going up to the mountains to hike yeah. or something or a ski trip, you know. Yes. Um, we try to always find a cool ski house for the boys, you know, and do stuff like that. So th- those are really big moments for us as a family because that's where the stories really yes. develop, you know. Yeah, the experiences. Yeah, yeah, the experiences and the things we always laugh about. Um, but on a weekly basis, we're, we're pretty much like, you know, the the boys are now at an age where they're fairly independent. Okay. They get themselves up in the morning and off to school on their own, which is just amazing for us. You know? <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. Any parent who's raised kids knows that's a milestone. And um, school
0: starts so early these days. It does, blows my mind. Yeah. It does,
1: yeah. So they, you know, they'll go to school, come home, and then the, at, the after schools are pretty busy. We have um, Ollie and uh, Anna both do Aikido. So they practice together. That's Some, so cool. Sometimes they go that. without each other. Sometimes okay. they go together. Okay. Um, but they do Aikido a couple of times a week. Our younger son, Will, is a hardcore soccer guy. He's on like two teams. Awesome. It's just insane. It
0: is the best sport, just just by the way. Yeah. FYI. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning it. I'm I learning played all it. the way into college. So, he yeah. Te- he teaches cool. me
1: um you know and then i've got just my own stuff going on um you know enna's making chocolate in the house we have a commercial license that's been a new passion for her i got to
0: sample that last night and it was absolutely amazing it's great incredible it's, can you, what what is the website so people can find her it's online? it's
1: just her name Anna, enna chocolate dot com yeah perfect yeah. you guys have to you absolutely have to check it out if you have any
0: interest you in chocolate order it. <laughs> yeah and, and we're not just talking about some run-of-the-mill chocolate i mean no, there's a good. backstory to this is incredible so i'm sure they yeah. can find that information on the website but
1: oh yeah and she's got some of the top chefs in the area ordering her chocolate for their restaurants and and it's just flattering yeah that's amazing yeah so we've got that and uh and the boys are um it, our older boy, Ollie is naturally into the arts without being pushed. Okay. So he loves to draw and take pictures and do video. So a lot of the time in the week is Ollie actually hanging out with us. So he'll actually, like if I set up the tintype type stuff, he'll make tin types with me, which is awesome. You know, he'll put on the goggles and the gloves and the apron Yeah. and he can make a tin type and oh, I mean, that's he's cool. 12 years old. Wow. And, uh, and he knows, he's pretty great, knows the digital cameras inside and out, so he's got, his little, he's got a really nice laptop that he can edit on. Okay. He'll bring it in and hang out, and it's really funny. You that's, know, it's cool.
0: Well, but the, the fact that, that you have that space to, I don't know, you're, you're getting a little bit of work done, but also connecting with yeah. your son is really powerful. That's, yeah. that's really neat. And yeah. you're enabling him, too, to explore that artistic side. And the I tin think types you were, you were sharing a little bit of, of your experience with creating tin types, and I think you showed me a few examples of them as well. Yeah. Working with even something as big as a 16 by 20 camera. Yeah, yeah. It's mind-blowing to me.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I did a, um, for my birthday, and I got me a workshop with John Coffer, who's okay. really huge in the world of tin types. All right. Uh, very interesting gentleman, a nice guy, and I spent three days with him out at his farm. And he makes 20 by 24 inch tintypes. Wow. They call them mammoth plates. And wow. I hadn't made one in person and okay. I still haven't made one. But um, this other fellow, John, who was there, uh, retired Vietnam vet, really sweet guy. He um, he made some 20 by 24s and I documented that for them. I had my camera out and took some photos. Of it. it was his first time. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to do one, but I was like, it's a big investment. And I was like, I'm going to wait. So I'll come back another time when I have more of an idea of what I want to hang on my wall that's 20 by 24 inches. (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, which is what the other guy did, actually. He had been to the workshop once before and decided, I'm going to wait, think about it, and then come back and Mm -hmm. do it. You Mm -hmm. know, and he made gorgeous plates. It was awesome.
0: But you've got this, it's a fascinating artistic outlet that you have. So you've got a business to run. And there's, again, a lot of moving parts to running a business, but to have an an artistic outlet like that, where you're doing something that's a bit unique, uh, actually extremely unique, in fact, um, gives you that outlet, kind of take a break from what can seem like the mundane day-to-day activities of running a business. That's really, really really great.
1: I need it because I was a darkroom photographer starting out. I love the darkroom. And uh, I've always dreamed of having a dark room in my house. The house that we ended up purchasing is a little too small for a dark room, unless I sacrifice k- space for the kids. Mm. And uh, so um, I, I can't even remember how it came about, but I one day I was just like, you know, I don't need a dark room to do ten types. Okay. You know, you can work out. You do need a dark room, if you will. Right. But it can be pretty. Fr- you know, I use an ice fishing tent.
0: And you were showing me this mobile setup, it's it's small enough you can put in the back of your car, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it all folds, I mean, on the back of a Mazda 3 hatchback. Wow, yeah. wow. So okay. I got my dark, my dark room, if you will, the ice fishing tent packs in there, and all my gear, chemicals, and everything, I yeah. can hit the road and just make tintypes anywhere, literally, it's awesome. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I have to thank you for making time for sitting down and sharing, certainly what you're doing with the photography business, but I... It, Captured my my attention yesterday when you started sharing about the priority that you put on family and, and putting that over running a business. And, and you know, that, I mean, certainly being able to do des- fancy destination weddings is incredible. It looks great in your portfolio. There's some yeah. financial benefit to it. But the fact that you prioritize family and relationships in the end over that, it it's, speaks so powerfully to. Well, you, your character and the priority that you and Ena put on community and connection, uh, which is also reflected in this in this retreat, which has been really incredible. So thank you for taking time to share a little bit about that. Awesome. Um, Talk to our listeners about where they can find, first of all, information about the Inspire Retreat. Yeah. And then also your photography work.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, inspirephotoretreats.com is the website. Okay. Has all the information there. Uh, has videos from past years and such and you can really get a good sense of the conference. And
0: it's the same thing on Instagram, yes? Inspire photo retreat. Correct. Okay. Yep. Perfect. With an S at the end. Okay. Inspire Retreats. Photo Retreats. Yep. Okay.
1: And then our works our work is at GrazierPhotography.com. It's like Frazier with a G.
0: <laughs> Simple enough. <laughs> and how about on Instagram? Are you guys on Instagram?
1: Uh yeah. Anna has um her Anna chocolate one. Yes. Uh, we have Grazier Photo. Okay. And then my personal one is um. Mattion, M-A-T-T-I-O-N. Perfect. Which is just, I just put a. If you're a Star Wars nerd, you might. Uh, know like no! Yes. <laughs> I love it. That's
0: great. Well, you guys make sure to go online, take a look at what Inspire has to offer. Um, make sure that you take a look at Matt and Anna's work, including Anna's chocolate. Again, I can't recommend it enough. I, I was just telling Anna that I'm going to be ordering it to give as gifts to people. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's absolutely amazing. Awesome. But thanks again for sitting down. It was Matt. great to see really you. Really Nathan. appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer.